Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I decree realms of glory that we have never seen heard realms of glory Lord things we haven't even thought about Lord open our eyes to see I pray this morning that we would have ears to hear for this moment for this moment for this moment I pray this morning Father that revelation would fill our hearts and that indeed there would be a demonstration of your glory I just felt like saying that maybe you came up here and you needed a tangible miracle and you said it didn't happen yet. Would I just say back, this is the day. I just say this is the day and God's not done yet. God's not done yet. This is the day. Hallelujah. I want you to open your Bibles. Y'all give me just a couple of seconds with the keyboards and music. I, I just want to read a couple of scriptures. I, I want to, y'all know this is, this is for, uh, First Fruits Sunday. And uh, I, I just want to speak for a few moments and then we're going to receive your offerings this morning. But I want to speak on First Fruits, pulling on the plenty. Pulling on the plenty. Our God is a God of plenty. Our Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits. Somebody shout first fruits. And with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Leviticus chapter 23 verse 10. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them. When you come into the land which I give you. And reap its harvest. Then you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest and then he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf and on that day or on the day after the Sabbath the priest will wave it one more scripture Ezekiel actually two more Ezekiel 44 30 
the best of all first fruits of any kind and every sacrifice of any kind from all your sacrifices shall be to the priest also you shall give to the priest the first of your ground meal to cause a blessing somebody shout blessing to rest on your house how many want the blessing of the Lord on your house today and there may be a more familiar text to us Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you Lord bless your word today we pray in Jesus name and everybody shout it let's give the Lord one more mighty praise this morning thank you so much hallelujah Lord you are worthy of all praise hallelujah you can be seated I just wanted to read those at the very beginning because I'm going to preach on uh, through this uh, this morning you know first fruits offering is without a doubt an Old Testament concept. But it has a very powerful New Testament implication. I want to look at this this morning. You know, in your Bible, there are 31 references to first fruits. Some theologians contend that the first fruit offering... is an Old Testament pattern which reflects as a New Testament principle. Six times in your New Testament first fruits are mentioned. The concept, the principle of it. A pattern is something worth following. Something worth duplicating. A pattern. And when a pattern becomes a principle, a principle is a foundational truth. It's a foundational truth of a system of belief or a system of behavior. So if you have a pattern in the Old Testament that has moved into the New Testament or Old Covenant into the New Covenant then if it is followed, it will produce the same results that it did in the old covenant, in the new covenant. I feel like I need to just deal with this a little bit before we actually get into what the first fruits is. Even though we've been doing this for a few years now, I, I just felt something really deep in my spirit that today is going to be a special day. The God's hand is on this moment. I haven't come to manipulate you. I haven't come to cause you to do something that, uh, you know, intimidate you into giving something and doing something. Matter of fact, if you don't have your offering ready already, then you probably haven't prayed enough or heard enough and not given enough. I don't know how all you take it, but I take it serious. I've got my offering ready today. So what does all of this mean? All this means is this, is that the first fruits offering blessing is still in effect. 
Okay. I'm a simple man, so I'll say it like this. It still works. The first fruit offering, which was an offering that God spoke to the children of Israel about, and said, this is something I need you to do every year. I need you to bring me the first produce of your crop. And the reason I'm working on this is because today I don't want to come and let's just receive a fresh, a fresh, a first fruits offering and act like it's just an offering. I'm really feeling this in my spirit because we need to understand this moment has the power to set our financial future on a level that some of you can only dream you could have. I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, it passed through the cross. It's, it's a term, it's somewhat of a theological term, but not, not a real theological term. But it's, it's, it passed through the cross. And that's because there's some things in the Old Covenant or the Old Testament in your Bible that came to the cross. Because the cross is a place of measurement and the shifting of covenants. And so some of these things that God dealt with Israel with and that he set up as systems and ways for them to have covenant and relationship with him, some of them, when they came to the cross, they died. They died because Jesus fulfilled them on the cross. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law, I come to fulfill the law. So there are some Old Testament concepts, Old Testament principles that we have to understand when they got to Calvary and they got to the cross and Jesus fulfilled his mandate on the cross of covenant between God and man, that those things died. But there were some things that came through the cross. It goes from the natural to the spiritual. Everything in the old covenant that came through went from natural to spiritual. So circumcision is now of the heart. It's a spiritual experience where God circumcises our heart. It has to do with our relationship and our covenant with God. He said, so, so that went through the cross. So the concept and the principle of circumcision, not physical covenant, but spiritual covenant. Are y'all with me? And so the reason I, I understand then that one of these principles, the first fruits offering or tithing or giving came through the cross is because I understand that one of the things that Jesus Christ is doing today as our high priest is today, according to Hebrews, is he is receiving our tithe and our offerings and releasing the blessing. You say, how do you know that? Well, then you have to understand, you have to understand the priesthood of Jesus. You have to understand that he wasn't, he's not in the Levitical priesthood. He's in Melchizedek priesthood. 
which is a creature that has no beginning and has no end. We understand when Abraham had got the spoil from, from, from the battle that he came to Melchizedek because he understood revelation somehow. He understood this is where I'm going to give my tithe. And he went to Melchizedek and he gave him his tithe. Many understand that this is a type of Christ as our high priest today, that he is not a high priest under the law. He is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek wasn't under the law. Melchizedek was way before the law was ever established. What are you saying? I'm saying this. One of the things that Jesus is doing, yes, he's ever interceding for us, thank God, but he's also a high priest that when we bring our offerings and we bring our tithe and or you drop it in an offering bucket or, or you put it on a screen and it comes to church, thank God, and then you do all of that stuff that you have to understand that you're not just giving something in the natural realm to a natural place because soon as you loose it out of your hand, you may give it to fresh our church, but it goes into the realm of the spirit, and it goes into a heavenly place, and your high priest says, I receive that, and I bless you. Somebody ought to shout yes. So it still works. It still works. It still brings the results that God intended it to bring. When he challenged the children of Israel, give me your first. Now, now the reason I wanted to push on this today is I really felt the Holy Spirit pushing on me. That before I begin to preach the actual principles of first fruits, That it's important that we understand the necessity of putting faith of putting faith on our obedience and our sacrifice. This is important. Especially for some of those that have been giving first fruits offering. We can just look at it as a trending thing, because a lot of churches last week and this week are receiving first fruits offering. So it's the trending thing in the church world. Fast 21 days and take your first fruits offering. It's trending. But I'm not doing it because it's trending. I'm doing it because it's true. And you can count on truth if you put faith and sacrifice and obedience on truth, it will produce. Truth will produce. And so, so as, as the Holy Spirit really began to deal with me on this, you say, well, that's simple. That's simple, Pastor. We all understand it. Yeah, but see, I, I really I heard him say, make sure you tell them. Just like this. If you don't tell them anything else, make sure you tell them. That this year and the years to come, they will need a greater level of faith to pull on the plenty of God's promised provision. (laughs) 
In other words, what I sensed the Holy Spirit was saying to me is that we have to make sure that we are connected in the covenant through our giving so we can receive God's plenty. Listen, if you don't get this, if you don't understand what I'm saying, then you're going to be swallowed up. You're going to be swallowed up by what you see with your eyes and hear with your ears. You're going to be swallowed up and you're going to, you're going to buy into this concept that we're getting ready to go through a time of famine. That there's going to be financial famine on the earth. You know what? There may be, but we are of another kingdom. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom of God. I'm not trying to give you hyperbole, man. We got to get a revelation of this because we can nod our heads and shout about it. But when the thing comes knocking at our door and there's lack all around us, God wants you to know you're going to have to have the faith to pull on the plenty. I really, I really felt that, and then, I, and I was thinking, I was thinking about Hebrews, Hebrews chapter four, and I, I want you to show you this because this is showing us the power of faith. I, I, I'm so thankful that Pastor Kim was already exhorting us on this. It shows that God is a, a confirming God. See, m- most of us think we're at a level of faith that we need only need to be, but we haven't dealt with the things that's coming up the road. And I've just come to tell you, our last level of faith isn't going to pull into our lives what we need. So I'm trying to prepare you. Hebrews chapter 4 said, now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into the realm of resting in confident faith. So we must extremely We must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of the promise and not fail to experience it. This is is my concern today, that we shout, we dance, and we bring our first fruits offering, but we don't have the faith to experience the reality of it. I don't want to just go through emotion today. I don't want to just say thank you very much. That'll help the church this year. I want to see God open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon your house. Ah, I said upon your house. For we have heard the good news of deliverance. Just as they did. Watch this. Just as they did. When they didn't join, or the the King James or New King James Version says, mix their faith with the word. Instead, what they didn't, watch this, what they did not, what they heard did not affect them deeply. For they doubted. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident faith. I, 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 I don't know if anybody's getting this right here. 
because most people believe this text is alluding to Joshua and Caleb. It's the, the 12 spies, the, the, the 10 that doubted and the, and the two that had faith. And that the two that had faith came back and gave a good report. That was the good news. That God has delivered our enemy into our hands. That it's ours for the taking. All we have to do is go in in faith and redeem it and possess it and take it. But ten came back and they did not believe. They, they were in doubt. And he said, listen, if you align yourself with the wrong people, then you're going to move out of faith and into doubt. Now, I'm going to say this, but I just got to say you this. If you came today and you said, you know, I'm not giving anything this year because we don't really know what's down the road. We don't know what's going to happen in our nation and happen in our economy. I have come to tell you, you need to break free from that mentality because that mentality right there is going to keep you in a place of lack. The reason I'm saying this, this word join, or, 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 or it says in the King James Version, mixed. They didn't mix their faith with the word that they heard. I, I hope you're mixing your faith with the word that you're going to hear today. I hope you don't sit there and think that really doesn't matter. No, but if you embrace it in faith, it can change everything in your world. Yes? So this, this, uh, this word join or mixed, it literally means not to unite with those who believe. Not to unite with those who believe. In other words, you want to jump on somebody else's obedience and sacrifice and faith. And ride up under their faith. I just want to encourage you today. And so I was praying through this. And I kept hearing force multiplier. Force multiplier. Now I'd heard that phrase before, but I immediately began to look, look up what force multiplier was. And it's defined like this. It is, the, it is a capability that... When added to and employed by a combat force, significantly increases the combat potential of the force and thus enhances the probability of successful mission accomplished. So a force multiplier is when you have something that you add to. It's a military term. It can cause you, even as a smaller remnant of an army, to overcome a greater army because you have a force multiplier, because you have something to add to your strength that causes your strength to be multiplied. So the force you fight with, in other words, it doesn't change the numbers or the circumstance or any of that. But it empowers you to overcome their strength when you add it to the situation. It's called a force multiplier. And I felt like I needed to say this because some of you have brought your offerings today and you are walking in obedience. Some of you have brought your offerings and you're walking in sacrifice. So you have obedience and you have sacrifice. They are essential, but faith, 
is the force multiplier. It takes my obedience and my sacrifice. Amount doesn't matter. All that matters is that you're obeying and you're giving sacrificially. But if you just brought that by itself, it may produce something. But when you put faith on it, there is no limit because faith in God is unlimited. Yes. And not only is faith a force multiplier, first fruits giving is a powerful strategic tool for drawing down the plenty and the blessing of God. If you understand the principle of the first fruit offering, then you understand that it is God's way that he has provided to us to transfer money and finances from a world-cursed system into the kingdom of God. See, here's the deal. Some people get nervous when you preach about money. I, I don't mind preaching about money. We all want it. That's why you get up every day and you go to work. You give away little pieces of your life and somebody gives you money. But what I was seeing, especially where I believe that our nation is headed and the world is headed actually, that more than ever, The church needs to understand that our position in the kingdom of God is a place on which we can draw out of a world-cursed system and bring it up under the blessing of heaven. See, some people just want money. So they said, God, send me money. Okay, number one, there is no money in heaven. I mean, they make streets out of gold. Gates out of giant pearls. There's no money in heaven. It ain't going to rain down. It ain't going to come down. Stop waiting on it. Stop waiting on your ship to come in. Your ship already made a U-turn and hit us back out. Some people are just saying, Lord, send the money. Send the money. There is no money in heaven. Money is in the earth. It's in the earth. It's in the earth. And if you're going to get it, you're going to have to learn how to get it in the earth. But the deal is, is once you get it, once you get it, because you're a child of the kingdom, it changes its manifested uh, purpose. Is anybody hearing the preacher right now? I, I, I want us to understand that no money is in heaven. This is why the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. So I'm not trying to preach some, you know, easy, greasy prosperity message that everybody's going to get rich because you're going to wake up one day and there's going to be a suitcase with a million dollars on your port. Probably not going to happen. If it happens, bless you, send a tithe. But it's probably not going to happen. 
you know, everything is possible, but not everything is probable. So I hate to dash your dream. That somehow, someday, you're going to wake up and there it's going to be. I'm going to tell you how you're going to get it. The Bible says that God gives us the power to make wealth. He gives us the power to make wealth. He gives us the authority to make wealth. He gives us the ability to make wealth. You need to find out what your place is, what your niche is, and you need to walk up in that place and understand, I didn't show up today just to get a little money. I am a marketplace warrior, and I have come to plummet this world's wealth and take it back into the kingdom. Yes? I don't know about you, but I'm ready to break free from this corrupt, world system we are of another kingdom we came out of darkness into light now if we don't have faith on that this is why I'm preaching this the Bible says in Romans eleven sixteen, 16 it says for if the first fruit is holy the lump is also holy and if the root is holy so are the branches. What, 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 what is all that about? That, that is the first fruits principle in a nutshell. You see, when we bring an offering of the first portion of increase, and we bring it to God, then at that moment we move. We move. See, the the entire increase comes out of the corrupt system. And it comes into the kingdom realm. As the first portion goes, then the rest is sanctified, holy unto the Lord. Where I put my first fruit, begins to pull the rest into a holy direction. I, 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 see, see when, when you talk about the first fruits principle, then, then, then you understand that there is a supernatural action that takes place today. You're going to drop your offering, or you're going to drop an envelope which represents your offering, because this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Maybe you brought your, your, your offering and you've got it in an envelope and you've already put first fruit on there. Maybe you gave online. All right, that's fine. But I'm still going to ask you to fill out, and this is reason. I'm going to ask you to fill out an envelope and just put fresh fruit in how much you gave. Because when we finish this service, we're going to take that and you're going to bring it. And you're going to drop it in a basket. And when you drop that in a basket, something supernatural is going to take place. And then we're going to gather that. I'm, I'm going to put a priestly blessing over it. And when this happens, then what you gave, your first fruit, then, then the rest shall be blessed. If you have brought your best to God today in obedience to sacrifice and faith, then it doesn't matter if it's $20 or $20,000. All that it matters is you brought it and you placed it in a basket. And now everything that is yet to come It's already blessed. Yes? Let me just walk you through this real quick. 
The fourfold purpose of the first fruit offering. Number one, it honors God. It honors God. When we bring our offerings today, any offering, but today, our first fruits offering, it honors God as, as, as the source of all blessing. That we understand every good thing comes from our Father. Number two, it sanctifies the rest by bringing it under God's authority or into God's kingdom. This is important because the world system then can't eat up. Number three, it guarantees the giver that more is to come. The Hebrew word first fruits itself literally means promise to come. Promise to come. The Israel farmer understood this. He understood I'm bringing my first fruit because I know there is more to come. I'm guaranteeing it because I'm bringing my first fruits offering. And the fourth thing is it showed the giver that they could be trusted with more. It showed that you are a person of stewardship. You understand biblical stewardship. You understand the tithe and the offerings. And you understand when you do that, you're making a statement. I honor God with this today. I worship God with this today. And, and, and I know because the rest is going to be blessed because it's in the kingdom of God. It, 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 no matter what happens in, in the system around me, it's like the children of Israel in the land of Goshen, uh, but they were still in Egypt. And Egypt went up under all the plagues and all the destruction, but the children of God was in the land of Goshen and plagues did not go there. Why? Because it's the same concept that when you give and you bring the first fruits that you are a protected zone that if the enemy tries to come and take your wealth and take your provision that you have a covenant right to say no, 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 no. Stay your hand. But it showed, the, it showed that the giver could be trusted with more. Jesus dealt with this concept when he talked about unrighteous mammon and true riches. He said how? Can I trust you if you are not faithful with the unrighteous mammon, unrighteous money, money that's in the system? How can I trust you with that when I can't trust you with true riches? True riches is spiritual dynamics. True riches are our spiritual giftings. True riches are being enriched by the glory and the presence of God. True riches are concealed under the thing called blessing. He said, I can't give you what I really value because you don't even know how to handle the unrighteous stuff. Is that what he says? Y'all quiet on me. Watch. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. In the passage translation, he said it like this. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and righteousness that proceeds from him. Then, watch this, the less important things will be given to you 
abundantly. The problem that I think many of us struggle with is we're more concerned about getting the lesser things. The lesser things. Instead of the kingdom things, we're spending our whole life trying to grab as much kingdom things as we can. I just come to help you. If you give it all to the kingdom, the things will take care of themselves. Yes. Matter of fact, C.S. Lewis said it like this. When first things are put first, second things are not suppressed, but increased. Some of you need to change the way you think. Because you think if I give it to the kingdom, I won't have enough to feed the king, the kingdom. But I come to tell you, if you will understand and be obedient in the kingdom, you'll never lack for the kingdom things. Matter of fact, things will just be things. I got some things. I got some nice things. But you can take them and I don't care. They don't give me joy. They don't give me peace. They don't give me anything that the kingdom can give me. So I just come to encourage you today, put faith with your giving because God is ready to open up something supernatural over your life. If you believe that, shout yes. Now, now, now let, me, let me see if I can bring this to a close here because we need to really understand this moment. I've never felt, I've never felt like this before in receiving a fresh fruit, really any offering, but I just feel something. Because it's going to set the course for us pulling on the plenty of God. He said, bring your increase, your first fruits, so that your barns will be filled. And that your vats will overflow with new wine. Obviously, that's farmer talk. I don't really know anything about farming. I know sowing and reaping, that works good. If you do so good things. <laughs> so that may not think, well, you know, I don't have a barn, Pastor. And I don't have a vat. So this really doesn't apply to me. Let me see if I can make this applicable to us. So barns were places where they would store their provision. So they would be like storehouses. It's the place where they would gather in the harvest, store it in there, and then when they need it, they could draw. They could draw on the plenty. So for us, let's just say to be practical, because I'm getting real practical because this is important because money's practical and y'all holding on to it real tight. Some of y'all right now, you ever, some of y'all to reach in your back pocket and make sure that wallet's still there. <laughs> I hope you didn't play that trick. Oh, my goodness, I left my checkbook at home. <laughs> Luckily, we were receiving first fruits offering this week, too, just to accommodate. Oh, so I was talking about uh, barns. So, so for us today, a barn would be like our bank account, right? It would be like our savings account. It would be like our 401ks, our, our retirement account. It's where we take monies and we steward it and we put it in places so if we need it, 
We will have it available to us. This says here that when we, when we honor the Lord with our first fruits, that our barns will have plenty. In other words, you will always have what you need when you need it because you're walking in the principles of stewardship. Plus, there's something dynamic about the first fruits that gets God's attention, that reaches up into the heavenlies and pulls. Pulls it into your bank account. And then there's these vats that are overflowing with wine. What, what is that? What does that mean to us? I believe for us, as it was even for the farmer, is that it is a, a stream of constant revenue flowing toward us. That we do not have to let the enemy break off supplies of finances into our lives. Knowing as a child of God, if the enemy has come and attacked your finances and has attacked your source to produce finances, that that is a work of the enemy because we have a promise that if we give our first fruits, there will be a steady stream of income. Don't be afraid if it flows in and flows out. Just understand when it flows in, you have a responsibility to steward that. Too many people eat up because you got to have the things and you're eating up the stuff that's supposed to be in your bank account, in your savings account. It's a stream. You know, money really has its greatest value when it's moving. Did you know that? It has its greatest value when it's moving. That's why it's called currency. If it stagnates and it settles, it hurts everyone. I believe that God wants there to be a stream flowing into your life and a stream flowing out of your life. Yes? I'm just trying to help somebody put faith on what we're getting ready to do in this place. So let me, let me do this. So I just want to be real clear with this. The, the first fruit offering is separate in addition to the tithe. So if you came today and said, Pastor, I'm, I can't give both offerings, so I'll just give the first fruits. No, don't. Just pay your tithe. This is important that you understand there's a difference. First fruits was given uh, in the Old Testament. It was given before the entire harvest was received. Tithe is given after you receive the entire harvest. And according to Malachi, we give 10%. That's what a tithe is. A dime out of every dollar. Not worth being cursed for. Just a dime out of every dollar. God said, I want a dime. You get the 90, 90 cents. Good deal, y'all. You don't know a good deal when you see it. That's a good deal. Yeah. 
And so the first fruits is a deposit, it's a down payment guaranteeing God's blessing on the rest of what's coming. Yes? And so there is a difference. The difference is we don't decide what a tithe is because it's 10%. Off our, off our gross income, 10%. You don't get to determine that. That's not up to debate. That is not optional for any of us as a child of God, as people of the kingdom. That's, that's easy rent to live in the kingdom of God. Watch me. And I walk under the glory and the blessing and the power of the kingdom. But a first fruits offering, you can determine what that is. I can't determine that for you. I can't tell you what that is for you. You only know what that is for you. You only know what God has put in your heart to give. See, there's a difference. And we need to understand that difference. We need to understand today we've come to give an offering. And that offering should be based on what my faith is believing that God has for me in my future. Y'all got quiet on me right now. You see, the tithe declares ownership that we owe God. It's his. It belongs to him. But the first fruit is that deposit guarantee. The, bless, the rest will be blessed. I keep saying that because I want you to get it. To understand what you're getting ready to do is you're getting ready to give your best out of obedience, sacrifice, and faith, knowing that there's something greater coming out of heaven into your future. It's coming to you. You have to believe that. So you give then to the size of your anticipated blessing. That's what we do. We decide what I really were believing for, what my faith says and said this year, this is what I would like to see you do in the realm of finances and blessing over my life. And I told you this, I think a couple of weeks ago, that blessing is greater than finances, but finances is than the blessing. There's things you can't buy with money that some of you have already been crying out to God for to divinely, to divinely intervene in your life, to divinely come and see miracles manifest in your life. That's locked up in the blessing. I believe that. That's the blessing of the Lord. And I have come as your pastor today just to simply release the blessing over your life and to cause you to stir up your faith and to believe that this year is a year of bumper crop for you. That no matter what they say, you will not see less, you will see more. I decree that in the name of Jesus. Now, I don't have time to walk you through this, and I'm closing. I don't have time to walk you through this this morning. But in Exodus chapter 23, God is instituting the fresh fruits offering. Exodus 23, verses 19 through 30. And out of those scriptures, there are seven blessings that are connected to those that give the first fruits. And I just want to give them to you real quick, and then we're going to get ready to receive. Number one, the first blessing of the first fruit offering is that angels will walk in front of you. Why are you telling us this? So you can put your faith on it. If you don't know, you can't put your faith on it. Angels will walk in front of you. They will prepare the way for you. They will push things to the right, push things to the left. They will rip hinder hindrances out of your life, accidents out of your life. They will go before you. Number two, 
our enemy becomes his enemy. Oh, yeah. He said, ah, he said, my, your adversary becomes my adversary. You mess with me, take it up with him. You got enemies out there that are trying to bring you down and you feel like you got to fight them all alone. God said, no, after you give the first fruits, you set yourself up and you activate the God that's got your back. Yes. Number two, he says, our bread and drink will be blessed. Our bread and our drink will be blessed. Bread and drink, that's, that's survival stuff. That's basic needs. That's what we all need. We need bread. We need food. Well, we need, we need drink. We need water. And he said, I'll make sure yours is always blessed. Number four, he said he will take sickness from our midst. Sickness, he promises, will not come close to us. Will it try? Yes. Will it come after us? Yes. But the promise is, is he will take sickness from our midst. I don't know why I'm feeling something right now that we have to stop bowing to everything that comes along. When we, when we are in right position and right covenant blessing with God, he said, I will take sickness from your midst. You should pray that over your life. You should pray that over your family. You should decree no sickness shall come nigh their dwellings. You should decree it that it can't come on them. It can't come in them. And it cannot stay. Number five, the promise was there would be no miscarriages or barrenness in the land. No miscarriage, no barrenness in the name of Jesus. Devil, you have stowed a generation for the last time. And while we're here, we speak to the spirit of Melech and we say abortion, your day is coming. Number six, he promises the fulfillment of our days. What's that? Destiny. Destiny. I promise you the fulfillment of your days. Destiny is ours when we offer up the first fruit offering. And number seven, he promises when we come into the land, we will have increase and we will have inheritance. Increase and inheritance. Everything that God has for us in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm, they are ours. When you are a first fruit giver, you have a right to stand and claim every one of these promises and that you will not relinquish them, that you will hold on and believe until you walk in in the fullness of every blessing. Get up on your feet right now and shout, yes! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, this is an amazing moment.
I want you to get your offerings ready. And the reason I'm asking you to do the envelope thing is because I want it to be under the blessing. Now, obviously, the greatest blessing is going to come from Jesus, our high priest. I'm just, I'm just doing a physical thing to represent what I believe is taking place in the spirit. A prophetic action, if you please. As your pastor, I can bless you. But the Bible is very clear. The way the scripture was when you bring it, bring it, and, 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 and give it to the priest. That he would take it and he would wave it before the Lord. So we're going to have a two people. They're getting ready to get in position, Pastor Sean and Pastor Ron. And they're going to be to serve those in the elevated seating as well as some of those in the back. And then, then I'm going to be holding a basket up here for, for those that are down on the floor. And what I'm going to ask you to do, if you don't have your envelope and you say, Pastor, I gave, that's okay. You can, you can put it in an empty envelope. This time you can put it in the empty envelope. Because I just think it's that important to get something to put your faith on. Putting a faith on. I'm putting my faith on this. That you're going to see the blessing of the Lord in your house. That your house and this house will be blessed. I put my faith on it. Not just another offering. Not just another first fruit Sunday. But the supernatural dynamics. that I'm believing for financial miracles. To break loose over your life and your family. I'm believing that you are covered. And that no matter what happens in the natural economy, you are not subject to that. You know why? Because the kingdom needs you. The kingdom needs you to rise up. Oh, marketplace warriors, rise up. Because revival is that important. Souls are that important. Transition homes are that important. Our assignment is that important. Full confidence today. If each one of us is obedient. And we bring sacrifice. And we do it with faith. Faith and anticipation and expectation. So when we bring our offerings today, we bring them with faith and joy. When they brought them to the priest, they weren't sad. It wasn't like, oh my God, here we go again, first fruits offering. They did it with faith and joy, expectation. Because as soon as I lay this in that basket, something supernatural is going to take place. Something that I can't give you, something that no one else can give you. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. 
and you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.